Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of The Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests, so go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey everybody, it's Winter with the Shift Spotlight and today we are here with Ben Hendman and he can be found at Peel Insights, that's P-E-E-L insights.com. So welcome to the show, Ben. Hey Winter. So we're doing this the day after Christmas. I don't know if you are as tired as me, but uh, yeah, we are definitely uh, burning it after the holidays. So thanks for taking the time, showing up and uh, telling you know your story with uh, our listeners. Absolutely. Really excited to be here, even after Christmas. Even after Christmas. All right. Well, let's start with a little fun. So what's an interesting fact about you that people may not know? Oh, man. Um, I, I have... <laughs> I was a uh, semi-professional beatboxer, vocal percussionist for some time. Ooh, uh, that's a good after, one. In and after college. I actually beatboxed in the White House for the Christmas uh, event. Wow, that is a yeah. very interesting fact. So is that still a, an art? Is beatboxing an art still? I, I love it. You know, the kids have gotten so much better than me nowadays. I try just to save it for really special occasions, but it's still something <laughs> That is awesome. And my right. another fun fact is my two-year-old daughter just bu- busted in the door. So hold on just one second. Okay, no worries. Okay, thank you so much. It's a perfect snack. Oh, you're the best. Okay, I love you. Yeah, it's just two minutes. All right, sorry about that. No worries. Well, we all have kids and dogs. I saw your cat bounce around there um, as well. So, you know, we got a full house. You got it. Okay, so at a high level, why don't you tell us what you do? Sure. Um, I am the co-founder and CMO of Peel Insights. Uh, we are a uh, end-to-end D2C analytics product. So what we basically do is we ingest all of your data. We then look for patterns and anomalies, and then we generate beautiful dashboards that tell you which customers uh, have bought from you and what they want to buy again. And what, when they want to do that, all these really interesting insights about how they want to do that. It's We call it Magic Dash is the name of our technology. And we built something uh, pretty spectacular that a bunch of uh, mostly Shopify brands are using. Yeah, so I saw that on your profile. You said you're building magic. So how did this, how did this whole idea come about? Yeah, you know, I, I've been a CEO for, gosh, about a decade. And... Um, I've always had this belief that it should just be easier to get answers to hard questions. And it's just, it always feels like it should be, right? Like data should be a lot easier. But the honest to goodness is it never is. It's always hard to trust the data. It's hard to figure out what data to look at. But then all of a sudden here comes AI and we've just been uh, gifted this new technology that allows us not just to uh, find out what information is most interesting, but also to explain it to us in simple layman's terms that we can understand. And that's really the 
kind of the inspiration of this product. Could we build something that was just so easy to use that it was actually obvious how to run your business and how to figure out what to do next? Right. And so yeah, we've been we've been building it. Um, it's it's I wouldn't say it's perfect by no means, but we're like we're pretty far along. We've built something unique that no one's really seen yet. Something that understands the data, looks for the insights, pulls them out, and then says them to you in a really easy to understand language. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're as good as, as your knowledge, right? Knowledge is power. And I, and I think that a lot of people don't understand it's similar to finances. You know, people don't, if you don't understand the numbers, you don't really understand how things run. So this is like a huge ability for people to have a window into their consumers behaviors. Yeah, you got it. I mean, again, I, it seems like it should be easy at this point in 2023. And yet, right. You know, we get just top tier brands knocking on our door saying, we can't figure this out. Can you help us? And so, yeah, right. as the CEO, it's just something I always wanted. I always just wanted this to be push, click, get that answer real fast. And so finally, we're building it. Awesome. All right. Well, so this is a fairly new company, right? Yeah. We've only yeah. been around for a couple of years, um, <laughs> but it's really only started to take off in the past year or so. Yeah, startups take a little bit of time. And so what are your goals for the next, let's call it two to five years? I mean, we're we're on the end of the year. What what it where do you envision taking this company? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, we think we've just around this time figured out product market fit. And what that says to us is we built a product that people are willing to pay for, and we know who our customer base is. And our customer base, we call them retention marketers. These are people who are responsible for after you've already purchased, how can they increase your lifetime value? Um, and so we are just going just uh, straight at that customer segment and really building products that they love. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two mm -hmm. is we're continuing to invest in AI. We've got this unique architecture that allows you to, to download all of the data overnight and understand it. So we're just going to keep on investing in this AI product and build uh, a moat, something that no one else can or should catch up with. Um, and, you know, lastly, I would say, and this comes to, to me as, as the you know, head of marketing, it's consistently iterating and optimizing on our funnel. You know, it's it, I, yeah. I happen to have found myself in a in a super saturated, super competitive market of business intelligence. Right, everyone's got the best data, and you know, how do you know if it's the best data? And so, really, you know, what this the challenge for me, and what's been really exciting to learn about is how do you differentiate at every point in the funnel? How do you get people into a trial? How do you really you know show them and signal to them that you are going to be a partner for them and going to make sure right. that they're successful. And that's been an ongoing uh, process, something I'm really continuing to learn about. And I can't wait to perfect in 2024. Right, right. Awesome. How many employees do you have? Right now we're at 12. So super early. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and these are actual employees. They're not 1099, right? Oh yeah. We're all so you, you've had other companies and you, you had quite a few employees, right? Just a little bit there. Last one we were about 200 employees. Yeah. All right. So then let's talk about, you know, when you've got, you know, let's even call it 12 and, and, and you're starting to scale up into your business. What challenges have taken you by surprise and how have you handled them? Wow. Oh, man. Isn't every challenge a surprise challenge? They, they, they say <laughs> all, all, all problems wear shoes, I think, is was the... Uh, <laughs> the I haven't heard that one, but that's a good one. That's, I learned that the hard way. Yeah. You know, I, I actually, I think it's a pretty obvious concept, but just it always felt obvious that we'd be able to throw people at problems. 
And in fact, people became the problems. And yeah. actually in this organization at 12 people, it's actually quite refreshing in a lot of ways because the problems are sure similar in uh, difficulty, but they're so much easier to solve. People are it's just so much faster, so much mm. um you know, less headache in terms of kind of uh, internal politics. So certainly I, I wouldn't say, I think I was really proud of our culture um, at Splash. We, we built, as I said, we built it up to about 200 people and people loved working there. But despite that, anyone who was there would, would let you know, there were certain parts of the business, right? When we got to about a hundred people that we, we had politics, we had conflicts, we had people vying for maybe the wrong things. And that was, that was a surprise to me. I always thought we'd be able to just, you know, our culture would sustain, but that wasn't mm -hmm. the case. It took mm. a full reboot several years later to really, you know, get us back and you know, rowing in the same direction. You know, and what I would say, and I've actually been really excited about this company, and I was, it was really the antidote when I was at Splash, really good documentation, you know, mm -hmm. writing down everything so that anybody who's coming on board has a full manual that all of the questions are easily, easy to ask, easy to answer. I know it's a simple concept, but documentation, understanding the, the whole story of the business for anyone who's joining, that to me is the beacon. That's that's uh, that's our goal every single time we do anything. Yeah, I mean, and now with AI, you can put those process and procedures manuals together super fast, whereas before you actually had to type one up, you know? Yeah, I know. It's a great um, point. I mean, we're, we're actually using AI inside of some of our Slack channels to do just that. Mm -hmm. You know, we've written all this stuff in Slack. Hey, might as well just use AI to develop a manual, as you just said. So, yeah, and there's a couple out there, too, like AI products that will, like, watch what you're doing on the computer and then turn it into videos and the manual for you. I mean, there's some really cool stuff to just take that, that you know, very important but time-consuming stuff off your plate. Totally. Manual creation is one of those things that, in my mind, gives me optimism around AI and, and you know, how it will actually empower humans versus uh, make them obsolete, yeah. Right, right, right. So you said you like to see, you know, getting people rowing in the same direction. So how do you drive accountability in your business to make sure that you're getting what you want when you're in this co-founder, CEO type role? So as a quick context on this answer, I, I, I brought in a professional CEO into my previous business. Mm -hmm. And I got to stick around for a couple of years after I brought him in and kind of watched him work. And mm -hmm. there were two things that he did that I haven't seen anybody do as well. And it really, it, it became a big lesson for me and answers your question. The, the first thing he did was he spent the first couple months figuring out what the right reports are per function. So mm -hmm. every single time he met with a team, you know, very smoothly, very calmly, he would say, hey, this isn't how I want to see the numbers. I want to see him like this. They went back the next week. They did it again. And they, he just did that over and over again until he felt like he had the right reports, right reporting right. structure, right? So that was number one. And the second one was crazily hard for me to do, but seemed really simple for him to do. He, uh, again, this guy's name is Eric Holman. He's an amazing guy. Uh, he, he just wouldn't get bored. And I know that's like a simple thought, but he would sit in these meetings and he would go through these reports and people would report to him and he would never get bored. He would just listen. He would ask probing questions. He would never get bored. Now for me, I have a really hard time not getting bored. When I'm looking at the same report, I'm like, all right, I get it. Numbers are good. Numbers are bad. Let's move on. Let's have another conversation. But right. I actually think that, that that really takes a lot of the, uh, you know, um, the ability for a teammate to actually do their job, feel proud of what they're reporting, make sure they understand the numbers in a granular way and create consistency of reporting cadence. So I, I would say that if, if you're trying to get people in <laughs> rowing in the same direction, that would be my prognosis. 
It would be get clear on how you want it reported and then just don't get bored in meetings. Just, just hang out and just look at the numbers with them. And by the way, what I would say, share is that what I also saw him do was when he did find that those numbers were no longer useful, he would change the reporting and he mm. would make it out into a way that wouldn't be boring anymore, even for right. him. So right, that, right, right, right. Uh, uh, certainly, that that changed our ability to roll in the same direction. And by the way, I'm going to put it out there. We've used OKRs. I'm sure you're familiar with OKRs. It's mm -hmm. so many different times in my life. I never found it effective. I was I'm such an anti OKR person because I actually think it obfuscates and creates more and more abstraction around the goals. Right. The goals are in the numbers, and you know uh, the way you report those numbers is how you understand the goals. And so I would uh I'd really push anyone anyone who's leading a business to get clear on those two things. Right. Okay. Well, and I, I know you're not the CEO of this particular company, but you are the co-founder. So what keeps you up at night? Oh man, pipeline. I mean, I've never <laughs> been a CMO before. I, I was a CEO. I was a starry-eyed fundraiser, creating <laughs> product, you know, hosting customer dinners. My job now is, you know, fill that pipeline, get more customers. And it's, I'll tell you, it's humbling to, to anyone who's been a CEO or is a CEO now. Man, the lesson that I've learned over the last, gosh, it's you know six or so months here has been um, take it easy on people who are ramping. You know, I used to always assume that when someone was coming into my business, you know, they should be ramped Rapid and ready to go change. by day week. Rapid you know, day change. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think too, the thing with marketing, it's it's so hard to measure. And so as somebody who's in that role where you're, you know, having to show your success. You know, marketing doesn't, it's not black and white. It's not, it's not linear. And so it's like one of those things that like, you know, there's progress and you know that things are on the trajectory, but it isn't this as simple as like a sale, you know, a sale is it's closed, you know, it's closed. And, and so like in companies, we see a lot where, you know, sales goes, it's sales and marketing goes, it's, you know, sales goes as marketing, marketing goes at sales. Right. And they're both doing this, but it's it's really hard to to track with marketing. And, and it's one of CEO's biggest frustrations is what are they doing? What are they doing? What am I paying them for to do? Because they don't understand it either. And I, I've got a huge long background in marketing and public relations. I did it for 20 years for corporate America before I ever started doing it for myself. So I, I really get it. Right. But it's it's one of those we're just. Just like being in a ginger, we're just very misunderstood in the marketing <laughs> world. <laughs> I, I do feel misunderstood as a ginger. Thank you for saying that. Thank yeah. you. I know. Same. Uh, I think I, I, I'm going to go ahead and just give an official apology to anyone who's ever worked for me as a marketer. I, I think I was too <laughs> hard on them and I know that now and hopefully this apology lands. Oh, well, that's really cool. We, we got an apology today on the show, guys. See, look, it does happen. We we make shift happen here at the Shift Spotlight. So, um, well, when you hired that CEO, and you've, I'm sure you've hired consultants in your past, like, what do you look for in a coach and advisor? What, based on your experience, did you hire that? Nope, I'm not doing that again. And what that after it was hired, you're like, I really needed this and I didn't have that. Yeah. You know, a mistake I made several times in my career was believing that somebody who hasn't done the job could do the job. Mm. And I, I wish I had, I really wish I had spent that extra time and hadn't been lazy to just kind of, you know, so I like the cut of someone's jib. I said, you can, you can do this job. I, you know, I know you hadn't done it exactly, 
But that was, you know, something I really optimized for and I got right in hiring this uh, that CEO. He had he had taken businesses from our exact stage, the exact stage we wanted to go. He had run the exact motion from a sales standpoint that we were looking for. So I really optimized for someone who had done that exact job. Now I, I do want to just give a caveat. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for you know growth in somebody who hasn't done the job yet. But I wouldn't say so at the VP level, and I wouldn't say so at, at super key roles in your business. Um, yeah. I think it's more often than not, I'd save those for roles that, yeah, like, you know, you, you can kind of gamble on because it's so cool to see someone get that upside. You know, I've had people who came in as a support manager and ended up as, you know, a, a product leader in our business. And so we yeah. see that. But at the VP level, when your job is is coaching, when your job is is forecasting and recruiting, it's really helpful to have someone who's done that exact thing and not to accept anybody else, no matter how much you like them. That's something. That yeah. And we, you know, that's a huge part of what we do at the shift spot is we help level up leadership teams because a lot of times they get promoted in these positions and it's like, look, I've seen it is they're the janitor, literally the janitor. And then over time they're loyal and now they're the COO and that's great, but they've never been a COO before and they don't know how to manage people and they don't know how to lead people. And we, we see this with companies all the time where they promote within and they don't, they're not necessarily, because they also don't know how to hire, right? So um, they, they want to just, hey, they're loyal, they're good to me, I trust them, but they're not always the right fit for the job. And if they are, if you are going to do that, then you need to upskill them because like for CEOs, there's so much help and support for a CEO out there yeah. and there's help and support for COOs, but there's very little help and support for these leadership teams and managers that you know, got, they, they jumped into this position and they, they weren't actually looking for it. It just sort of landed on their lap because they were, they were good doing something else in the company. So, um, you know, that's, that's one thing we see, we see a lot. So moving on, tell us, uh, what are some of the top things impacting your company right now, either positively or negatively? I'm sorry, can you ask the question one more time? What are the top things impacting your company right now? Ooh, impacting our company. It was a hard Q4 for, you know, D to C generally. It was a hard year for direct-to-consumer yeah. businesses. Um, you know, consumer spending was down. A lot of yeah. people, you know, especially people who are buying software were trimming their stack. And also, you know, we saw AI coming in, which was great, but it also confused the market a lot. A lot of people were claiming a lot of different things. So right. it was, I think, anybody who is running a software business in 2023, I mean, they, they couldn't help but see that this was the first time that we've ever seen software growth decline in mm. a year. And yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, especially when we're dealing with uh, companies who fundraised or, you know, companies who are expected to see large growth trajectories. It was, it was a very challenging year. Now, I mean, what was great about that is, you know, this is both uh, speaking about Splash as well as speaking about Peel, is that, you know, these are businesses that, I've just focused on that bottom line and have focused on hiring efficiently and serving the customers efficiently. And gosh, so I would say that for businesses who are, were able to kind of stay conservative, not take the, you know, the, the cash steroids or crack, you know, whatever it will be from venture capitalists and right. those high valuations, you actually could, you know, get through these last couple of years. Yeah, um, for those that didn't and kind of took that COVID hit of a huge slug of venture capital. I mean, we've seen it's been a bloodbath out here. Really, really yeah. hard to, to navigate. 
Yeah, it, it, it's just a hard time all around. And I think next year's an election year. Those are always historically wonky. Um, it doesn't really matter who gets elected. Everything keeps going on. But there's sort of this kind of uh, like stagnation that happens until you get there. So, um, you know, I think we'll we'll all be along for an interesting ride next year. So if you had to do it all over again, speaking to your younger self or a less experienced self, what would your advice be? Mm. I think it would be find the fun. You know, I found that when I'm having fun, I'm, it, it says to me that I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And when I'm not having fun, it, it appears to me that that's, that's a time to either hire for that role or to yeah outsource that or just to stop doing it. And so I, I think my current status is like a heat seeking missile. I look for things that give me energy, make me have fun. And when I find them, I do it myself because I know I'm gonna be best at it. Yeah. And when I'm not having fun, I, I look for someone else to handle it. And I, even if it costs more, I take that hit because Candidly, uh, my time is is worth more and it's important to optimize for the things that I love doing and I'm going to be best at. So I love that quote. Uh, only do the things that only you can do. Yeah. So is that Seth Godin? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I also think, too, that the joy is in the journey. And so like as entrepreneurs and and CEOs were so just, we, we just want to get there and we want to get there fast. And really it's, it's about the little wins along the way. And we hardly ever slow down to take a moment, but I love what you said about it being, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they're doing a bunch of things they shouldn't be doing and they're not having fun at, you know, there could be things that you're really good at that you shouldn't be doing, but if you're having fun with it, that's okay. But if you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing and you're not having fun at, that's that's a complete waste of resources. And I th as I, I've, I've only found that I'm actually just bad at those things. <laughs> a little bit of both. Avengers are not bad at anything. Let's get real here, okay? <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, so again, uh, people can find you at peelinsights.com. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, um, I'd say, you know, right, right, right now we're a direct-to-consumer business, meaning that we, we serve companies that sell direct-to-consumer on Shopify or Amazon. Um, so those are our primary customer base, but um, we'll be expanding into other markets soon. So our goal, our mission is to make it easy to understand your data. And so we're going to be working our butts off to get there. And so keep an eye out for us and check out peelinsights.com or check out our newest product, magicdash.com, which is a very exciting new innovation using AI. Awesome. Well, we, uh, we loved having you here today. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Winter. Have a great one. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience, and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success, all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. 
All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world, and we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.